the, the Europeans look at the system and they say, well, it passes one house, it doesn't pass the other house, sometimes the other house is in the control of a different party, it passes both, and then this president who has a veto power vetoes it, and they look at this and they say, uh, it, is, it is gridlock. And, and I, I hear Americans saying this nowadays, and there's a lot of it going around. They, they talk about a dysfunctional government be, be, because there's disagreement. And, 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 they, and the framers would have said, yes, that's exactly the way we set it up. We, we wanted this to be power, uh, contradicting power, because the main, uh, the main ill that beset us, as, as Hamilton said in, in The Federalist, when he talked about a separate Senate. He said, yes, it seems inconvenient, but inasmuch as the main ill that besets us is an excess of legislation, it won't be so bad. This is 1787. He didn't know what an excess of legislation was. So uh, uh, unless Americans can appreciate that and learn, learn to love the separation of powers, which means learning to love the gridlock, which the framers believed would be the main protection of minorities. The main protection. If, if a bill is about to pass that really comes down hard on some minority, they think it's terribly unfair, it doesn't take much to throw a monkey wrench into, into, this, into this complex system. Anton and Scalia, wise words from an originalist who is no longer with us, but his words are, welcome back to another edition of Stand and Fight. I am the new senator. Finally, from the 2nd District, St. Charles County, Nick Schroer, joined by Phil and Eric, the conservatarian trio, pissing off liberals every Sunday night here on SR1 and News Talk STL. You swore in? I swore in. Oh Eric was there. Oh, yes. His, his beautiful wife was there. Our friends, our family were there. Uh, the girls fell asleep on me. <laughs> Literally. 10, 59, 11 <laughs> yeah. o'clock. It was fun. Um, but it's, you know, it, it's, it's cool to kind of kick that off. And then get to work. Oh, absolutely. That next day, we woke up. Morning came really fast as the Capitol was buzzing until, what, 1, 2 a.m. Went to the to the horrible, <laughs> the horrible 100-degree uh, Capitol Plaza. It's a very historic place, but for some reason, the air was not working. We had to open the window. Jeez. Oh, I was worried that the girls would jump off on the, uh, <laughs> on the roof and escape. But no, it's, it's kind of cool because the very next day we got back to work. Uh, it's a different dynamic in the Senate. You go from 163 members in the House to 34 members in the Senate. Uh, it's a lot more deliberative. And this is exactly what the founders intended. You know, there's a, there's been gridlock in the Missouri House and the Missouri Senate. Um more than what I would like, because there are a lot of bills like the Parents' Bill of Rights, getting critical race theory out of schools, stopping men from playing in women's sports, uh, stopping these tyrannical COVID shutdowns and, and mandates. A lot of that stuff we passed in the House and it was gridlocked, died in the Senate. But what we saw over the past four to five days, not only did we see people that typically aren't working, working four days straight, so... Give them that. Yeah. <laughs> but it it really upset me that it took this focus and this big debate to realize that these people have not been there for four years. Nancy Pelosi's rules allowed these people, number one, to lock the Capitol up. Lock the Capitol up, the people's house, from anybody who wants to come and visit. Wow. Jamie, my chief of staff, who went down to see the swearing in of our good friend, now Congressman Eric Burleson. Uh, Eric Schmidt, a couple others that were swearing in. I was asking him, okay, what's the what's the mood 
in in DC because when I went, it was right before COVID. We were able to tour anything and everything. We had Hawley, Blunt, Billy Long, um, and several other congressional members of the delegation that I visited with. We got to walk anywhere, do the tours, and he says, "No, it's all shut down. You can't go in there." So we'll get into one of this one of the topics that uh, McCarthy mentioned in his speech is that the People's House is, is opening back up, but our founders our founders intended for this debate to occur. So it's not just a stamp of approval by an executive branch or by the the party that's in control. And typically the Democrats are the ones that are just falling in line, passing whatever their leadership says. Do you all remember when Nancy Pelosi said, well, we got to find out what's in this bill. We got to pass it first to find out what's in it. <laughs> so I, I will tell you this first segment we're going to dig in this first round. We're going to dig in to this mixed bag of emotions that I had about all of it. Cause you go from, and, and trust me, I, I felt everything under the sun when you go through these elections, you think it's going to be a sweeping red wave. Then it wasn't in the state of Missouri. It was, but uh, nationally speaking, you have these these emotions built up. You think we're going to take back the Senate, take back the House. We barely take back the House. There's a lot of scrutiny with how states like Arizona and others were uh, conducted. And then the first thing is just gridlock, gridlock, gridlock. So my first, my first issue when it popped up was, okay, what are the American people going to think? Where are the, are the American people going to think that the Republicans don't have their act together? Because we have been so used to just, okay, transition of power this goes to the the next speaker in waiting and me as the policy guy i want to hear the debates i want to hear discussion on the new rules and that's something that me coming from the political world i do understand every single new session you get new rules and that's why there's been no debate on the floor because nancy pelosi's rules have stopped that that's why they they have been able to File a bill. Nobody sees it. It's 4,000 plus pages, $1.7 trillion later, no debate, no amendments. They just shoved that thing through. So I do applaud the group of individuals that said, okay, we've got to slow this down. We have to make sure that there's going to be discussion on these bills, that you can't file these just random omnibus bills. We're going to dig into what the conservatives got. But how did you guys feel these past couple days when you saw it happening? Were, Were you like me where it was like, okay, Kind of frustrated, but I get the point. And then you're applauding these guys as you're hearing more things pop up, like the church committee that Thomas Massey is going to hopefully lead, be part of. Uh, and we'll get into that. But how did you guys feel as this all unfolded? Well, when you said, what, $1.7 trillion? That was one of the last things that uh, Nancy Pelosi's Congress passed, <clears throat> which so McCarthy. 4,000 or. He said 4,000 pages. 4,000 plus pages, which okay. was signed in, was it St. Croix? They had to fly the 4,000 page bill to Joe Biden, who was on vacation. Come on. on. 4,000 pages. On. So you know that there had to have been a lot of planning, a lot of structuring mm. to this, a lot of people trying to, oh, hey, hey, I want this in there. I want this. And I just, I don't understand how they can do that and they're playing with house money because none of that is theirs yeah that's my money that's your money that's everybody else paying taxes that's their money even though we have the ability to go in and read four thousand pages we can see it i mean it is transparent in a way it's not like the pony express days where if you wanted a copy of the bill you had to send your (laughs) your guy down to 
Jeff City or DC. Right. No, you can actually log on and, and do it, but we don't have time. No. I mean, every all of us are working several jobs, taking our kids or grandkids to this and that place. Um, and then by the time we come home, I don't even have the energy to work out. Right. That's that's one of my 2023 uh, resolutions is wake up, go work out because we're going to need it. We're going to need some fighters this year. But here is before we, we jump into the new speaker. I want to remind people that during COVID, right after COVID, right after January 6th, right after all this crap, this is why there's a massive apprehension to turn the keys over to a guy that claims to be a Republican but says stuff like this. This is our new speaker way back when, just a couple years ago, Kevin McCarthy. The riots were caused by Antifa. There is absolutely no evidence of that. And conservatives should be the first to say so. That doesn't mean the president is free from fault. The president bears responsibility for Wednesday's attack on Congress by mob rioters. He should have immediately denounced the mob when he saw what was unfolding. These facts require immediate action by President Trump. Accept his share of responsibility, quell the brewing unrest, and ensure President-elect Biden is able to successfully begin his term. Didn't sound like the Kevin McCarthy that we had at the end of 2022, this is a guy that's blaming Trump for January 6th when he says he needs to denounce the mob, which he, which he did. did, which they took him off of social media. They knew that he didn't agree with what was going on at the Capitol. They knew that they had to somehow pin this on him. And by removing him, his platform, his way to reach the American people, that they could successfully then, oh, well, we can blame this on him now because he didn't denounce it. He did. Did you know that McCarthy had voted for the 100 billion to Ukraine, vax mandates for the military, using Medicare funds to fund the post office, drafting of women, forming the January 6th committee, creating DC as the 51st state, and amnesty for DACA recipients. Wow. That's all a list of just here recently what some of the Republicans are saying. Uh, this is the guy that voted for all this. This is the guy that just blamed Trump for January 6th. This right. is the guy that yeah. from California. This is a California, this is a California yeah. Republican here. Exactly. So. Mm -hmm. so it's not your Ronald Reagans anymore from no. California. This oh, is. Oh, man. You've got yeah. Ahmad Jeffries, who his speech was horrible. I don't know if you guys stayed up. Did not. Friday night. It was uh, 1130, I think, when it happened. The guy does. He, he's putting this. The, the I don't know, this speech together that he believes he's trying to sound like Barack Obama. He wants to sound like Barack Obama and have the stops and come again and Bob, you know, just going like that. He sounded like Dr. Seuss. <laughs> Swear to God. Like, I was laughing hysterically because the guy that just lost, what, 15 consecutive speaker oh, yeah. votes gets up there and speaks for like 20 minutes. You can hear some of the Republicans groaning on like, guy, it's not your speech. Oh, was it Jeffries? Yeah, Jeffries okay, gets up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it was that. terrible. And then finally, uh, McCarthy gets up there. And a lot of the the pundits were giving us hints as to what was given. Uh, there's this church-style committee, uh, which Thomas Massey, I'll dig into in just a second. Uh, there's committees that were promised that, that McCarthy mentioned in his speech that he's going to go after the FBI and what they've done with social media, uh, the origins of COVID, January 6th, uh, Hunter Biden. Hunter, yeah, I was going to. So these are all things that he's saying the right things. Would he have done that if 
uh, Gates and Bobert wouldn't have held that fire under his butt. No, no for he, three to four days. Yeah, would he? Would no, he have just he gone on into the sunset to be the next Nancy Pelosi? He's. It sounds like he's just a typical politician where he'll say whatever he needs to say to get the power that he wants, and once he has that power. Business as usual. Well, His and, own agenda, and that seems to be what everybody else is doing. He does have the power because now as Speaker, everything, the ball's starting to roll. Everybody was sworn in late last night or early this morning. Now the rules are going to come out. Now, he made the promise, so he better make sure that the rest of those Republicans vote in favor of these rules, such as this, this church committee, which... Uh, Tucker Carlson has been discussing for for a while. This is straight from uh, Thomas Massey's Twitter page discussing an interview on this exact point. So we spent all week telling you about the fight on Capitol Hill over who's going to be the next Speaker of the House. Of course, at the beginning, the presumption was Kevin McCarthy was going to get the job. And then a group of his colleagues stood up and said, not so fast. And for a couple of days, they successfully held him off. Well, during that period... Kevin McCarthy decided to make some changes in the way he's going to administer the House and its priorities. And one of them is something that we've been talking about and certainly thinking about for quite some time, which is the creation of a committee modeled after the famous Frank Church Committee of the 1970s that will look a lot more closely at the influence of the FBI and the various intel agencies on domestic politics. They're not allowed to interfere in domestic politics. They clearly have been. And maybe Congress could get to the bottom of that. In fact, they're the only ones who can't. In this clip, it goes on. It's an interview with Thomas Massey where he says, yeah, this this is something that you guys have brought up here on Fox News with Tucker Carlson. We brought it to the speaker, to McCarthy, and he's going to do it. Thomas Massey is going to be on that committee to go after all of that corruption. I didn't know anything about this church committee before. Right. I've never heard of it either. And that's what scares the hell out of me is history should have given that to us on a platter that, oh, we've gone after the corruption. We've gone after the swamp before. And obviously we failed. (laughs) So, yes, creating this committee is one thing, but actually giving these people some teeth that I don't want to say I trust, but I think if anybody can get the job done. Thomas Massey is somebody who will put his head down and investigate the heck out of what's been occurring. But stick with us. Stand and fight. Nick Schroer, SR1 Newstock STL. We will be right back for round two. A number of our friends, the MAGA Republicans, talking Two, stand and fight. That is uh, that is our our first question of the day for the conservatarians. Who was that? And I can I can play that one more time. Please do. Because the vo- when I tell you who this is, you're going to be shocked. A number of our friends, the MAGA Republicans, talking. They don't want him to speak English anymore. Who do you think that was? 
It sounds familiar. It, honestly, it sounded like Joe Biden. A little bit like Joe. It's Joe Biden. Yeah, it did sound like it's Joe. It's like version 4.0 of Joe. Okay. We don't know who that one was. Um, later in the interview, <laughs> he makes, and that was like the Barry White version of, because <laughs> yeah, sometimes, you know, you got the different earlobes, you got the different eye sagging. You got Are the we going to get hair. into this right now? Because I've, I'm freaking on him a little bit. This picture that they just took of him shaking the hand of Mitch. Mm-hmm. You see that one? Yeah. The dude looks like he's 20 years younger. I mean, well, people immediately commented on like, who is that In the guy? winter last year, 2022, in the winter, there was this, a day when he gave two different speeches. They compared the voices. They compared the looks. They compared everything. And there were so many things that were different. Didn't look like the same guy. Didn't sound like the same guy. What's the rabbit hole report, Eric, on this? Anybody? Anything? He looks different sometimes, and he look and, and the earlobes. Of course, yeah. that's a that's an indicator. Yeah. that the FBI you, uses to identify. Like, how do you yeah, have connected earlobes in, in, in one speech, and then they're dangling? <laughs> yeah, it's, and then you sound like that. You sound you go from the Joe that we know to Barry White right here. Yep. A number of our friends, the MAGA Republicans, talk. Who the hell is that? Yeah. Number of our friends. I can't even get that deep. <laughs> a number of our friends, the MAGA Republicans, talk. That's almost what like in the, that's yeah. almost James Earl Jones. Now, I will really I will weird, say though, man. it is deep, but you can still he still has the Never same tone. That's what, when I heard it. I'm like, it's a lot Born deeper. Up was a <laughs> it kind of sounds dude. like he's ready for a nap. And he's real groggy. It sounds like he's been drinking brandy daily for like forty years. Well, he could be drunk yeah. because this is what he said later in the speech. For example, since August of last year, custody regular up, voice, back up. Yeah. regular voice That's again. Bizarre, man. But here's what he says. For example, since August of last year, Custom and Border Patrol have seized more than twenty thousand pounds of deadly fentanyl. Twenty thousand pounds. That's enough oh, to kill. Gosh, kill as many as a thousand people in this country. What a knucklehead! Be serious. If you know anything about fentanyl, which is much stronger than morphine, yeah, way stronger. I mean, I know this because we had a bill, my bill, to make trafficking illegal in our state statutes. It wasn't. Yeah. Did he just say 20,000 pounds of fentanyl could kill 1,000 people? Uh, up to 1,000 people. Up to. Come on. Okay. No, no. No, he's an idiot. This is like up to he's an idiot. a billion people. Yeah. A state. Literally. At least. Like just. the amount of a grain of rice could yeah. kill my entire family. That's what Come they on. say. Yeah. Come on, folks. Touching the patch like a used yeah. fentanyl patch. Oh, didn't some police officer just like you. pass out like next to a car? Yeah, we, yeah. we had uh, committee hearings where people would come in and first responders are saying, yeah, I've, I've known people who came to the scene. They were trying to revive somebody shoot him with Narcan and they touch the product and then they're overdosing. Yeah, so we had a Narcan, the first responder wow. also. Yeah. 20,000 pounds. <laughs> it's enough to kill five people. How big is an elephant? Let me see. <laughs> because 20,000 pounds is way the hell more. It's not even in the same ballpark <clears throat> oh of killing up to a thousand people. I mean, that's got to be the most watered down mm. fentanyl. Mm. I would have to... I could probably bet money that would 20,000 pounds of fentanyl could probably kill at least half of the United States. Oh, easily. Easily. I would say at 20, least 20,000 pounds half. could kill everybody in the United States. Yeah, That's 325 million people. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I want you guys, since you did not hear the McCarthy speech, here is one of the, the points that he brings up. Now, mind you, this is after whether you like them, whether you don't like them. I want to get your take on do you agree? Are you excited with what he's got to say? No, the night is late. But when we come back, our very first bill 
will repeal the funding for 87,000 new hours. So the first bill, repealing the funding for all the agents. Here's Here's something else that he said. Chamber is now fully open for all Americans to visit. Not a single Democrat stands up. Not a single Democrat is applauding. Every Republican standing, clapping, even George Santos, who believes he's the first Puerto Rican, but we all know (laughs) Joe Biden is. Here comes the next topic. I want to give all Americans a personal invitation. You are welcome to see this body at work. Okay, whatever. It's a lot of pandering, a lot of uh, what you would what you would envision from a political speech. It's not the fire and brimstone like yeah, Trump, like <clears throat> Matt Gates, like Jim Jordan. It's what you would see in a moderate leader of the Republican Party. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we even got to hear little clips like this uh, last night when somebody nominated Pedro. If you vote for me, all of your wildest dreams will come true. <laughs> that was amazing. I, I was moved. That, that was point, me personally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, to have the first Hispanic Speaker of the House for the mm-hmm. Republican Party, Pedro. Yeah. But Mike Rogers <laughs> from Alabama, I know you guys said that you didn't see this. Where McCarthy goes up to speak to Matt Gates and, and uh, Lauren Boebert, and then the cameras, everybody's freaking out, and he turns around real quick, but that's all you see. So you go to social media, and people are taking videos, people are taking uh, pictures of Mike Rogers, who has the worst hair helmet I've seen outside of the Missouri legislature. Let's just put it at that. The guy comes up and is confronting Matt Gates gets pulled off by a congressman from North Carolina. But it looks like he snagged Pedro's wig before he did this and put it on. <laughs> I mean, this is all happening at 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night. People getting in fights. And we also heard, I've got a clip from... Who's watching C-SPAN at that time, though, Nick? My nerdy ass. <laughs> I love like, you. <laughs> spending a Friday night. <laughs> all right. I never would have envisioned. I love it. I'm going to be sitting right there Watching yeah. C-SPAN at nighttime, yep. but it, it, it is entertaining, and I will tell you, because in Capitol Hill, it's much like in Jefferson City. Jeff City's just a mini swamp. You have people that are partaking in all sorts of activities the, the later that you go in the evening, mm-hmm. and this is from one congressional member talking about what she witnessed during this whole four or five day debacle. And Capitol Hill, a place where there are literally cubbies where members have tucked their alcohol aside. It's no surprise to anyone. So, yeah, seeing people tucking away their their vape pens, which we saw that tucking away their alcohol. We saw that. It's no surprise that there was an altercation that uh, occurred on the floor. But, you know, I'm a little bit excited to see where we go from here. I kind of have the same reaction like you did, Eric, where it's like, good. Yeah. I can agree with that. Now do it. Right. That's the biggest fear is that, oh, we're, we're doing that whole song and dance. Yep. A lot of people are saying, like you mentioned, the new rules that have been put in place are... Haven't been voted on yet. Oh, that's true. Haven't been voted on. That's and true. the rumor mill has it that many of these moderate Republicans are so ticked oh, that sh- it took so long that they're just going to vote no on the new rules. Now that's going to be a problem. So the, the deals that McCarthy made... Will they actually come to fruition? Because they're reliant upon other people pressing that yes button to vote for these rules. 
that McCarthy promised. Okay, if you vote for me, yeah. if you you don't even vote for me, just vote present so I can get the numbers. Right. Then we will get this. You're right. This is how Nancy ran the house. She didn't have to worry about that vote. It always, yeah. she always Do you think the it. single vote rule will go through? Which one is that? The if I guess it's basically it's oh, to, to hold remove. Him, yeah, to remove. I think him, it will. Uh, I hope so. I think it will go through. Um, to that, remove right, what? The House Speaker, if he's not living up to his end of the, oh. I guess, the bargain and all of that. his things that he promised, uh, you know, as he's leading that that body, that if he doesn't uphold them, then all it takes is one vote. Yeah. So I think that's great. You know, he he might come out like Joe Biden with a totally different look, totally different voice. And just claim that he doesn't recall any of it. <laughs> right. That was my body double. Well, that's why I was surprised to see Thomas Massey come out and say, yeah, this is actually part of the deal. We're going to have a committee. I'm going to be part of it. That's going after bureaucratic agencies. It's uncovering stones to figure out yeah. who's been misusing our taxpayer dollars. Who's yeah. been interfering in elections and blaming Republicans. Yeah. I know there's there's a huge thing where they're talking about, you know, obviously they need to remove the 87,000 new IRS. Honestly, maybe even abolish the IRS and yeah. just do flat taxes. I've heard a lot of people talking about they've talked about oh, I love it. Yeah, abolishing the FBI, abolishing the CIA. They those organizations, they're not inherently bad. They do have their their uses. Unfortunately, though, they're being abused and their powers are being basically weaponized. Mm -hmm. Instead of protecting us, they're preying on us. And that's that's what I don't like. Throwing all of the FBI, CIA, DEA, throwing them all in a basket saying you're all bad. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm not no, going to say that. There are at some all. great people. Absolutely. And in, in these organizations, people that actually, you know, you'd hate to see just one bad apple spoil the bunch. And I don't I don't like I don't like when they group people together. Mm -hmm. That's why I applaud those uh, those people uh, on the Republican side that were standing up just saying, no, we're not going to just vote for status quo. Yeah. We're going to make sure that moving forward that we're it's not just more of the same. You know, and then you see people, oh, this is an embarrassment. Why is it an embarrassment for yeah, somebody well, I, to have individual thought? And, and not the same people that are bitching about, oh, it's just politics as usual. I'm not even going to vote because it's it's just the same thing year in, year out. They were the people going on social media saying, oh, th this is why I don't vote. What? <laughs> you don't right. vote because people are actually having a discussion yeah. for the first time in like four, six, 10, 12 years. Right. It's debate just to make sure. It's Isn't that what democracy? One, it's not just one sided before I make up my mind on anything. I want to know both sides yeah. to make sure that I'm not being lied to or that I know. Because sometimes I think that I'm right and I hear somebody else's point of view and it, it changes my perspective. And I said, OK, yeah, I agree. And then that way I don't continue on going in the wrong direction. It's yeah. good to have that and to have that that open dialogue, the discussions instead of just saying, oh, you're a Republican. Cool. I'm going to vote for whatever you vote for. Yeah. No, that should never Ever occur. Because there are people that infiltrate every organization that can sway and get things stacked up that really only benefit the people that are, that are sitting Well, the there. Republicans should be, and I've said this in the Missouri House, the Republicans should be the party of policy, the mm -hmm. party of principle, and not the party of just politics as usual. Yeah. The Democrats are the ones that legitimately, in the Missouri House, in the Missouri Senate, in the Capitol... In D.C., we, we see the Democrats just going hook, line, and sinker with what their leadership wants. Yeah. Rarely, 
Will you see somebody like Cinema that says, nah, I'm not going to vote with you on this one. Yeah, it's like that. Or Joe Manchin, who's like, yep. yeah, abolishing the filibuster, not going to happen. Right. Rarely do you see that. Typically, you see it on the Republican side. Yeah. And when the, when the Democrats gang up and attack people like Cinema, that's why they disassociate with the party. Don't know why they still caucus with them, meet with them about all their priorities, which we'll get into in the third round about the priorities coming up in the Missouri legislature, affecting us more than what's happening in D.C., the circus that that place is. But before we finish round two, Trump, we saw uh, one of the members, one of the congressional members holding up a phone to give to one of the holdouts, and it said DT on it. DT could be a lot of things. Yeah. But everyone's saying it's Donald Trump. The, the congresswoman said basically it was the quote-unquote the perfect phone call. Which that is, that's exactly what Trump would have said. It's a perfect phone call. <laughs> you denied me. <laughs> so what do you think Trump got out of it? Because we just heard the clip from McCarthy in the first round where he's dogging Trump, blaming him for January 6th. He sounds like Nancy Pelosi. And then Trump comes out, kind of supports the guy, and then suddenly comes out full bore and is actually trying to get him to become speaker. My guess, my guess is he's going to get an endorsement from McCarthy when he runs, if he runs. The old tit for tat. Yeah. Call, right? What do you think? Because mm-hmm. that's, 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 that's a good theory, bro. I like that theory. I mean, I don't like it, but I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a good And one. if he represents that moderate class, that center right, McCarthy, yeah. his endorsement's going to mean something. I kind of worry with, with the endorsements. It, it almost feels like it's set up like lobbyists mm-hmm. most. Um, I don't like the, I'll do this for you if you do that for me. Because then you're not giving anything freely. Yeah. It's everything is just with strings attached. Well, maybe that's, you know, Trump was there for four years, got attacked uh, every which way he tried to go. Maybe he's trying to use the swamps rules on the swamp. We'll get into the mini swamp in Jefferson City coming up in round three. Stick with us. The Conservatarian Trio and Stain and Fight. Nick Schroer, SR1 News Talk STL. Be back in a minute. The trouble with our liberal friends is not that they're ignorant. It's just that they know so much that isn't so. Back for round three, 2023, and it is still a very strange world we live in. So let me throw three things at you guys. You can pick whatever you want. Number one, a biological male who identifies as a female and competes in women's powerlifting is overheard questioning why, quote unquote, women's bench press is so bad. (laughs) Don't really hear that anywhere else in the media. (laughs) Similarly, we've got the execution that happened in the state of Missouri. It made made national news for some reason because a guy who 20 years ago, a man, a deranged lunatic, coward, hunted down, killed his girlfriend after he was sentenced to death, had, had the trial, was sentenced to death. Then he all of a sudden identifies as a woman and says, you can't do that to me. I'll be the first transgender that is put to death. Thankfully, Mike Parsons said, I don't give a damn who you are. Right. What you did was atrocious. Third, UFO is shot down over Russia. <sighs> don't know if you've heard about this. I've seen some clips. What do you think about that one? <laughs> it's tough to say uh, with. Uh, I with guess Russia. with well that yeah, plus right. with all <laughs> the believe? all the filters and effects that you can do on your phones these days, it it's kind of hard to to take things at, at face value. You mean like the right landing on the moon? Oh. Yeah. Uh oh, here we go. <laughs> 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 
We could go that route. We could. We could Absolutely. talk about how, you know, it, it takes a whole team to to shoot live abroad from a studio. If KSDK wants to go shoot live on the streets, they've got a whole van out there. Mm-hmm. But somehow back decades ago, we could live stream. We could have phone calls. Okay, we won't get into that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and here's, a, here's a bonus round. Corey Bush is still a national embarrassment. Yep. She's a national embarrassment. She went on social media because, God forbid, she actually talks to somebody and was dogging Congressman Byron Donalds, a black Republican from Florida. Uh, guy's a rock star. He was nominated several times as speaker. She was calling him everything but Uncle Tom. His response was nothing but classes. He says, look, if you see a black man rising, Cory Bush, let him rise, even if you disagree with him. I'd be happy to sit down and debate you and your policies one-on-one whenever you'd like. Here's an open invitation. I know Byron Donalds has been a friend on some of the shows on News Talk STL. We've invited Corey Bush for the very first show to come in. Still haven't heard a peep from her. Let's bring them both on. Let's yeah. bring them both on. Let them debate. Yeah. And we will uh, we'll moderate that debate. Had a couple meetings since becoming senator uh, with many strong businessmen in our area that want to see us blossom into uh, Austin, Texas, Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, That's, hey, you're speaking my language. That is my dream. The one bill they're getting behind. And we're going to hear a lot about it coming up this year because the Speaker of the House, the Leader in the Senate, both of them have said, we have to do something about this crime. My bill that would allow the state of Missouri to take back control of the St. Louis City Police is a massive priority in the business community because they realize if we don't do something, if we continue to let Cory Bush, Kim Gardner, Tashara Jones run these police out of town, and that's what they're doing. They're, I Talk to any police officer from the city of St. Louis. They know their drop date when they can retire. Wow. They know how many days to the minute to the second when they can retire. They're counting it down. And they're going to try to do it. They're going to they're gonna retire if they cannot transfer else, you know, somewhere else uh, in the area. So that is a massive priority. Public safety, uh, school choice is another one. Yeah, we've heard in yeah. in uh, Caleb Browden, who's the leader of the Senate. We heard in his speech uh, after I was sworn in this week as the state senator for the second district, St. Charles County. He mentioned that you know, again, speaking my language, that a kid should not be bound to the failing school districts just because of where they live. Absolutely, you know, and I grew up in an area where. Luckily, we did have a, a good school system set up for that area. Uh, it wasn't like a you know high upper class, mm-hmm. low lower class. Um, but I mean, I grew up in I wouldn't say poverty, but my parents did the best that they could. Uh, what about some of these other families that are not as fortunate and they're living in areas that I mean they're just decimated. Well, by think poverty. about where I grew up, Ferguson, Missouri, yeah. Bermuda Elementary School that I went to. Several kids that went there, I don't know if they're still in prison. I don't know if they died. There, there are several people that we grew up with on our streets who went away to prison. Dad was dad wasn't in the picture, or you know, mom was working three different jobs. Yeah. I know one instance where uh, my oldest brother's friend ended up going to prison because he shot and killed a couple people. Oh wow! In Northwest Plaza, and I mean the crime, just uh, everything that was plaguing us in our area. The families that actually give a damn and want better for their kids yeah. should have the opportunity to say, look, you know, I, I got hit in third grade. A teacher punched me and my parents said, OK, you're out of here. We're sending you to a different school. Not every kid in that school had that same opportunity. Right. 
And I can guarantee you there were other kids there that were being, whether, whether it was physically abused, emotionally abused, neglected. And I believe, and I'm glad to hear that the House and the Senate are on the same page when it comes to, hey, we're going to fight tooth and nail to make sure that if a parent wants to send their kid to a different institution, that's best for them. Whether they are excelling, whether they've got learning disabilities, whether this school is just not for them, they should have the ability to take their tax dollars they've worked their asses off for yeah. for their kids and do what's best for them. It's it's crazy to think if, if St. Louis County people understood that even if you live in a crappy school district, crappy school, you're still paying the same amount of taxes yep. as people that exactly. live in there. That's, and that's, I, I've yeah. never seen any other industry where you can legit fail, your consumers can walk out the door, and you're continuing to get their money. Yeah. I mean, if I'm a business owner and my prices keep going up and people are going elsewhere, but I'm still getting your money, guess what's going to happen? I'm not going to change. Right. <laughs> right. And this is in our free market. That is the only way that's going to get these schools to get off their butts and say, okay, whether it's the superintendents, whether it's rural, we don't know what it is. We've got to change to do what's best to keep our kids here because the parents are walking. Yep. That's what, I mean, that's what legislatures across America do when they have people fleeing, businesses fleeing. They start opening their eyes thinking, okay, let's go back to the drawing board and see what's best. That's what business owners do when you're going to Deerbergs instead of Schnooks. Yeah. They yeah. reevaluate, okay, is it the deals? Is it the atmosphere? It's the what masks. Is yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's why yeah. I started going to Deerbergs. Yeah. Is it the racist really? shirts that the we're mask. all wearing? Right. 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 For <laughs> crying out loud. <clears throat> so, what do you guys want to say? I know I've, I've asked you before, but it's here. We're going to ask you something, though. Yeah. The school you went to, there you got hit. Mm hmm. Does that school still exist? Still there. Bermuda Elementary School. Yeah, I left there in third grade. Teacher hit me, punched me in third grade. Wow. Wow. Oh, wow. man. Yeah. And what? Yeah. I mean, the knot on my head, my little friend, I'm not going to mention his name. I haven't seen him in years. But when we went up to do a police report, they refused to do it because we were minors. Huh. And the only other people that saw it happen that day were classmates that minors. were minors. They didn't take the evidence of, okay, you both have a knot on your head. Your your wow. statements are consistent. Let's at least go talk to this teacher. Yeah. Wow. So they refused to do anything. That's the nineties. No. No. Look, I could have identified as a forty eight year old man back in third grade <laughs> by yeah, today's exactly. rules, yeah, and absolutely. just said, "No, I am an adult." I could have. I could have pulled on the uh, Joe Biden. Uh, yeah, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> sound like a sad story, man. I hate to hear that kind yeah. of stuff. That sounds like some. Like, well, that's you know, why I'm ready to stand and fight every single day. Absolutely. Not just Sundays at eight p.m. Or you can catch us anywhere where podcasts are. I'm standing and fighting all the time. So, guys, uh, let's shake it up a bit. Uh, we can always jump back, but I, I am a little bit ticked off. Don't know if you guys know how much music means to me. Did you guys catch the Rolling Stone had their list of uh, the top 200 vocalists of all time? I did. I caught that list, and I was I, a little upset with I, the fact that they put Beyonce oh, way, way higher than Beyonce Michael was Jackson. in the top 10. Anytime Beyonce makes the top 10 right. of anything, yep. unless it's like scantily clad women shaking mm -hmm. their butts on MTV. Okay, then maybe she'll make the top 10 because that's all I've, I've oh, ever seen. Honestly, the don't know why she's <laughs> top 10 vocalist. Popular as she is. I mean, yeah. she's average. I pulled it up. 200. This is where they're starting the list. Rosalia. I'm like, okay, I don't know who that is. <laughs> maybe she's good. Yeah. Maybe what? she makes the 200. Yeah. But then I go to 199 and just say this list 
is crap. <laughs> How do you put Glenn Danzig? Mother! Oh my God. <laughs> it's 199. <laughs> I, uh, I wouldn't even put him in a top thousand. No. <laughs> uh, and then Billie uh, Eilish. I mean, no, Billie I could, Eilish. I could defend Glenn yeah. Danzig a little bit. Well, because, but, but no. Best vocalist? No, yeah, no, no. No. Like, no. I, I can put him in a different genre. I could put him in a different list. Yeah. I, can, I mean, yes, I, I will celebrate yes, the guy, yes. but not as the best You're right. vocalist. You're right. He's on that. That's, that's the wrong list. Like, Billie Eilish makes 198. It's like, okay, she's she's a good singer. She's talented. She's talented, okay. yeah. Let's give her that. But she hasn't been around long enough no. to really that's, show that's the choice. range and the different styles. 197. Burna Boy, a Nigerian cultural giant. I'm like, okay, well, maybe he could make yeah, it. Maybe he's pretty 197. good. 197. Okay. Uh, Paul Westerberg. There we go. From the replacements, 196. Uh, Polly Styrene. Yeah. Don't don't know. Uh, lead singer of the Londoners, and then I'm just, people I haven't heard of. I'm like, okay, yeah. maybe Kelly Clarkson makes oh. 194. She's good. No, Kelly understand. Clarkson is a better singer than Beyonce. I'm hundred percent, hands down. Say it. There's a yeah, better vocalist. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And even Brandy. Brandy makes 193. I'm like, okay, yeah, okay. And then it just gets outrageous. It just gets outrageous. Is it a popularity contest at that point? I, I don't even know how they did this. Well, Frank Ocean, 190. Oh, wow. Yeah, Frankie Ocean, man. No doubt. Uh, Bonnie, Bonnie Raitt's 187. She's okay. amazing. Great guitarist, too. Oh, Incredible guitarist. I did not realize she could play the well. No. But oh, Alicia Keys. Slide. tears it up. Alicia Keys, who I think She's is good. a damn good vocalist. She's good, but is it Anita Baker on the list? I mean, come on. Like, if you're going to put... You know, Alicia Keys. I hope Anita Baker's on there. So I'm going to go down. Uh, I'm going to go down to let's say 118. This really pisses me off because this dude rocks. John Fogerty. Yeah. Is 118. Wow. You mean to tell me that Beyonce is yeah. a better singer than John Fogerty? Apparently, vastly no. better. Apparently, a better vocalist. <laughs> right. He can. He that that guy just can't win. He got screwed on his whole uh, Creedence Clearwater deal and all. This oh, stuff. I know. He's, he's just been screwed around so much. He's had to Let's work see. so hard. Ozzy Osbourne is 112. Oh, that's horrible. That's a horrible choice. Because here's what they did. They, I mean, they threw in lots of different genres, <laughs> and it's like they had punk. Yeah. And a lot of those guys aren't great vocalists. Yeah. Let's put them in a different list. But Ozzy Osbourne was incredible. He was. It's just if we're. It's just. It's just. What's the. What's the metric here? If it's we're calling vo- vocalist is a very broad term. Then Fiona Apple beats. Oh, that's, that's, Ozzy that's, Osbourne. That is the weekend. Horrible. The weekend. Who does all of that uh, auto tune on his voice? Yep. Yep. Hundred and ten. He beats John Fogerty. No. No, that's crazy. I'd like to see what their their mm-hmm. grading scale or their requirements are. Bill now. Withers at 106. Wow. See, now you're talking. That's the real Eddie deal. Vedder, who's very, yep. very talented, had yep. a very unique voice delivery. Uh, songs like Black were incredible. For sure. 105. 105. Uh, well, let's see. There's some other <laughs> I don't know if this is an unpopular Taylor opinion here. Taylor Swift. <laughs> Beats, beats Eddie Vedder. No. 102. <laughs> no. No. Uh, okay, she is a a very talented mm-hmm. songwriter. Uh, how she, he, she makes, I mean, hit after hit after hit. <laughs> she's great, but her, mm-hmm. she's not a good singer. Not a singer. great vocalist. No, she's not a good singer. Elton John, uh, 100. That's a little low. That, mm-hmm. A little low. Bob Marley's 98. Usher. No. Now, if we're talking dance moves and choreography. They're things, crossing over too many genres Yeah, they're crossing. Here. 97. Chuck Berry makes 96. He wasn't even a vocalist. Not even a vocalist. No. If so you want to talk about a, entertainer. Yeah. 
guitar player, yep. uh, what he did to the industry. Mm-hmm. Sure. Anita Baker, 92. Now that's a vocalist. Chris Cornell, who... Oh, he's, that, was, that was a vocalist. Yes. Phenomenal vocalist. If, vocalist. if Chris Cornell and Freddie Mercury aren't like one and yeah, one where's, a, where's Chris Cornell is 80. Janis Joplin, Eric Janis Joplin, seventy-eight. The dude had a five-octave vocal range, yeah. and you're going to put him at eighty? One of the best vocalists ever. Uh, they got Muddy Waters at seventy-two. Love, love me some Muddy Waters. Yeah, what man. he did for the industry. I don't know what they're gauging this off of. Yeah. Let me go really quick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, Kurt Cobain. Kurt Cobain is almost the same rank as uh, George Jones. Oh. Which, <clears throat> the hell are you smoking? Number uh, 12 was John Lennon. 11 was Little Richard. Number 10, I uh, hey, he could fit there. Al Green. Love me some Al Green. Number 9, Otis Redding. Number 8 was Beyonce. I just throw it in the garbage. Yes. I just throw right. the entire list from the Rolling Stones. That like, ruined everything. Putting Beyonce there really ruined the whole damn thing. Yes. Yes. I mean... <laughs> So when, I, when I'm thinking about vocalists, Jeez. I want to know what your range is, not just how well you can hold a note. I want to know. So who's like, number one? Just, uh, Aretha Franklin. <laughs> Best vocalist of all time, according to Rolling Stone. Don't know what their metric is. She's okay. great. Beyonce crap. should not be in the top 10, in the top 100, in the top 200 of best vocalists. But we will continue our frustration with the mass media every single Sunday. Next week will be different. We're going to roll out a bunch of new stuff. Hopefully this month we'll roll out a big surprise here on Stand and Fight. Nick Schroer, Phil Valencia, Eric Michael, Stay Conservative. All right.